Hi everybody, this is the third in the series of episodes about Ovid's Herodes I, the letter from Penelope to Odysseus. In this section, uh, Penelope imagines that Odysseus, who has the same desires as most other men, uh, might have taken up with another woman. And uh, she imagines that he's talking to this other woman about how rustica she, Penelope, is how un, how unsophisticated, sort of countrified Penelope is, and saying that she only knows how to spin wool and can do nothing more sophisticated than that. Uh, she says that she's been getting pressure from her father to remarry, um, but that she is stoutly resisting and making him back down. And she repeats the main point of her argument here in a beautiful couplet. Uh, she says, let him criticize me as much as he likes. I'm yours. It is right that I be called yours. I, Penelope, will forever be the wife of Odysseus. Right, so she doesn't um, let herself, she's, she feels jealousy, but she doesn't sort of let herself um, descend in and be obsessed by that. Uh, and a Penelope in mythology, of course, is, is known as a byword for loyalty, and uh, Ovid beautifully expresses that in this couplet. Let him criticize as much as he likes. Increper usquiliker tua sum to a dicar oportet. I'll read all the Latin for this section in a second, but I like this couple in particular. Penelope coniunx semper ulixis ero. Right, well, the commentator Knox points out that this passage and the ones that follow are trying to persuade Odysseus to return, which implies some criticism because he's somebody who um, needs to be persuaded. Now, of course, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of irony here because we know from our re reading of the Odyssey, as Penelope does not, what he says about Penelope to Calypso, uh, on whose island he is. So this is book five. He uh, Calypso notes that he's crying all the time and wants to leave, and she says, "Well, why do you want to leave? I, I, I'm a goddess. I, you can I can make you immortal. You know, uh, what, what's the problem?" And he. Uh, Famously, of course, refuses this offer and chooses to die with Penelope rather than live forever with Calypso. And uh, he calls her, she, she, he sort of apologizes. Look, like, I, know, I know she can't compare to you in stature or appearance, um, but he calls her periphron, very thoughtful, very careful, which is the sort of standard epithet for Penelope in the Odyssey, one of them. And... Uh, he says that he still longs every day to return to her. He says, Potnia thea me moi todekoseo koeo, oidekai autos pantamal. I know all of this. Hunica seo perifron penelopeia, eidos akindotere megethoste esante destai. Because, you know, Penelope is inferior, akidnotere, like literally weaker. Um, in with respect to her ados, her her appearance, and megathos, her size, goddesses are always larger, right, taller. Hemengar brotos esi, but she is she's mortal. Suda athanatos kai ageros, you are immortal and ageless. Alakaihos ethelo kai eldumai emata panta oi kade themenai kai nostimon emar widestai. But even so, kaihos. I, I wish and I desire every day, imitapanta, oikadeth, I'm to go home and to see my day of return. 
All right, so there's the that's the sort of source of the piquant uh, irony and tension in this passage uh, is our knowledge of Odysseus. What Odysseus actually says um, compared with what Penelope imagines that he's saying. Uh, let me give you a, a literal translation of the Latin. This is line 75 to 86, and then I'll read it for you in Latin. She says, um, while I am foolishly fearing these things, um, you might be ensnared by a foreign love, uh, peregrino amore, such as the desire of men, of you men, quae vestra libido est. Uh, and perhaps you're describing what a rustic wife I am, what a, what, what a rustic life you ha wife you have, quam tibi sit, quam sit tibi rustica coniungs. Uh, a wife who only knows how to spin wool. And then she sort of pivots and says, uh, Falar, I, I hope I'm wrong about that. Falar, maybe, may I be mistaken. At hoc crimen tenues when I was let, let this charge, let this accusation um, you know, disintegrate into the, into the breezes. Uh, and may you not desire to be away, though free to return. Revertende liber, though you're free to return, may you not prefer Willis to be away. Uh, my father, Acarius, is uh, trying to compel me to walk away from my widowed bed, widowed discedra lecto, and he criticizes me constantly. Criticizes me constantly for my endless delays. He means us moras. Let him criticize as much as he likes. Increpit usque licet. Uh, I am yours to assume, and it is right, a portet, it's appropriate that I be called yours. Uh, I, Penelope, will always be the wife of Ulysses. Uh, nevertheless, he, that is Laertes, is broken down, frangitur, he's sort of defeated by my loyalty, pietas, and by my chaste or sort of loyal prayers, precibus pudicis. And he himself is um, tempering his strength, temperat vires suas. All right, so here's the Latin. Haec ego dum stulte metuo quae vestra libidest, esse peregrino captus amore potes, forsitan et nares, quam sit tibi rustica coniunx, quae tantum lanas non sinat esse rudes, falar, et hoc crimen tenues va nescit in auras, neue revertendi liber ab esse willis. Me pater Icarius, viduo discedere lecto, cogit et immensas increpat usque moras. Increpet usque licet. Tua sum, tua dicar oportet, pe nelope coniunx semper ulixis ero. Ille tamen pietate mea, praquibusque pudicis, frangitur et vires, temperat esse suas. Okay, so we're getting towards the end here, and only now does she get around to mentioning the suitors, uh, whose dining and carrying on in the, in the home of Odysseus is the major cause of the crisis and the tension in the Odyssey. Um, they're described as a turba luxuriosa, a mob-running riot, who are lacerating the vitals of his house, the whiskera di lacerantur, and eating up his food, obviously, and, and kind of generally being 
uh, sleeping with the servant women. She doesn't mention that, but um, you know, from the Odyssey, we know that they're they're both eating their the food and making use of the servants, including sexually. All right, but that's not here. Uh, she names a few of these suitors and emphasizes the dishonor of it. Uh, the crowning disgrace, the ultimus pudor, is the presence of the beggar Iris and the goatherd Melanthius. Uh, these are two characters familiar from the Odyssey. She doesn't have to elaborate on this because we know um, that these are two sort of hangers-on who serve the suitors and uh, provoke Odysseus when he returns. So this is um, a short passage, what, 86 to 96. I'll give you the literal translation. Um, right. She, sa she says, um, a, an out-of-control mob of suitors is rushing against me, Ru'unt in May, um, the Dulichians and the Samians and the men whom high mountain Zakynthos um, brings. And so this is some lovely Greek names we're going to get here. This is something Ovid always enjoys. Uh, and they in your hall into Allah they they reign they sort of control things regnant with no one preventing them nullis prohibentibus they are mangling your our vitals nos whiskera nostra and he clarifies that that's a metaphor referring to opes wealth why should I mention to you Pisander Polybus and Medon dreadful Medon and the greedy hands of Eurymachus and Antinous. These latter two are the two of the ringleaders, the suitors in the Odyssey. Uh, and I could mention others, aqua alios referam, why should I mention others, all of whom um, disgracefully you are um, supporting Alice in your absence with property, rebus, that was won by your blood to a party sanguine rebus. Needy Iris, that is like poverty-stricken Iris, and uh, Melanthius, the shepherd who feeds the flock, are added or sort of you know, come along as the final crowning shame to your your loss into Adamna. All right, here's the Latin: Dulcii samique et costulit alta zacunthos turba ruunt in me luxuriosa proci. Inque tua regnant nullis prohibentibus aula, viscera nostra, tuae di lacerantur opes. Quid tibi pis andrum, polubumque medontaque dirum, eurum aci quabidas antinoique manus, ad qualius referam, quos omnes turpitur absens, ipse tuo partis sanguine rebus alis. Irus egens, pecorisque melanthius actor edendi ultimus accedunt into a damna pudor. All right, the letter ends with, on a note of anxiety, um, first, that Odysseus's loyal family and servants are unequal to the task of fending off the suitors. Um, that's sort of the main point, I guess, because she just mentioned the suitors, and she's like, we can't handle, you know, Laertes and Telemachus and I can't handle this, um, urging him to come home. And then at the very end, the last line is a, a bit of a surprise, and that is, worry that she is growing old in his absence. 
Um, the first worry is, is, of course, at the center of the drama of the Odyssey, right? Uh, how will a few loyalists beat back the insolent mob of suitors? Uh, the, the last line, last couplet is one of Ovid's additions, something that Penelope never talks about in the Odyssey. In the Odyssey, Penelope is portrayed as still youthfully beautiful, though she herself denies it in Book 18, sort of modestly. Uh, the letter ends with Ovid's Penelope contemplating her own position and lamenting the wasted years and thinking of herself as an old woman. I think there's deep pathos in that. Um, all right, so this is a slightly longer section. Uh, and it's the, the final one, lines 97 through 116. And I'll give you a, a quick literal translation and then read the Latin. Uh, we are three in number, unwarlike in Belles, a wife without strength, and the old man Laertes, and Telemachus, a boy. He uh, is was uh, almost recently almost r ripped away from me um, through an ambush. This is a reference to the plot of the Odyssey, of course. While he was attempting or getting ready to go to Pylos with uh, against everybody's will, as far as he was almost ambushed by the suitors. Uh, gods, I pray, may you order it in this way, may you make it happen in this way, that with the, the fates going on in order, that is like with the orderly process of the years, he, that is Telemachus, may close my eyes and may he close your eyes. That is, may he live to, um, it's not certainly he'll live, <laughs> may, may he live to bury us, yeah. Hoc faciunt, uh, on our side are the custos boum, the, um, the ox herd, and the long-lived nurse, that is Philitius and Eurycleia, and the third, the caretaker of the, the faithful caretaker of the filthy pig sty, that's of course uh, Eumaeus, the faithful swine herd, uh, who's such a key character in the Odyssey. Uh, but neither Laertes, since he's useless with weapons, um, is neither is he strong enough to hold the realm in the midst of all these enemies. And then she breaks off with a parenthesis. May, may the stronger age, time of life, arrive for Telemachus, uh, provided that he lives. Um, he is uh, just now at the age which should have had a father's protection. Um, nor do I have the strength to repel um, enemies from the house. Um, come quickly to Kitius Venias. May you come rather quickly. Uh, and then she calls him Portus et Aratuis, the, the harbor and altar of refuge for your people. Pretty strong metaphor, Portus et Aratuis. Uh, and uh, you have a son, and I pray may you continue to have him, um, who should be trained in his father's skills in his tender years. Consider Laertes, and think of Laertes. Uh, he is sustaining his final day of fate, that is, he's, he's living on, in order that he might, uh, that you might close his eyes, utu sua lumina condas. That is, he's hanging on so that he can die uh, and you can bury him. And then the final couplet, Kerte ago, certainly I, who, when you left, had been a girl, Puella, 
um, though you come immediately, Portinus Udwenias, I will seem to have become an old woman. Uh, we saw earlier, by the way, in the poem that she's referred to as, she refers to herself, classes herself amongst Puellis, uh, and I argue that that is sort of putting this in the tradition of love poetry. She's a Puella, like an elegiac Puella, um, and here that identity is sort of taken away, at least in her imagination. That's, I think it's a, uh, a moving line. All right, so here we go. Last lines of the poem in Latin. Tres sumus imbeles numero, sine viribus uxor, la ertesque senex, te lemecusque puer. Ille per insidias painest mihi nu per ademptus, dum parat in vitis omnibus ire pulon. Di precor hoc jubeant, ut euntibus ordine fatis, ille meos oculos, comprimat ille tuos. Ac faciunt custosque boum longae vaque nutrix, tertius immundae cura fidelis harae. Sed neque la ertes, ut quisit inutilis armis, hostibus in mediis regna tenere valet. Te lemaco veniet, vivat modo fortior aetas, nunc erat auxiliis illa tuenda patris. Nec mihi sunt vires inimicos pelre tectis. Tu citius venias, portus et arra tuis. Est tibi sitque precor natus qui moldibus annis in patrias artes e rudiendus erat, respice la erten, ut tu sua lumine condas extremum fati sustinet ille diem. Cert ego, quae fuiram te discedente puella, protidus ut veneas, facta videbur annus.